I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to our podcast, Dakota Fanning. Thank you. Um, Dakota really does not need an introduction, but she is world famous actress. (laughs) I mean, if you don't know who she is, (laughs) household name, Hannah Dakota Fanning. Did you guys know that, by the way? Hannah? I didn't know that was your first name. I've been known by Dakota my whole life. My mom goes by her middle name. Elle goes by her middle name. Her first name is Mary. Oh, really? Yeah. So I saw that on Google today and I was like, I had no idea your first name was Hannah. (laughs) Yeah. My whole life, it was like a point of contention. Like kids would be like, what's your middle name? And I would say Dakota. And they would say, oh, so your name is Dakota, Dakota. And I would be like, no, my first name is Hannah. (laughs) And they'd be, oh, so your real name is Hannah. I'd be like, no, my name is Dakota. (laughs) Actually, my name is Jasmine. Yasemin. That's why I'm Jasmine Yasmin right, on Instagram. Right, right. Because it's like my Persian name. And right. I didn't actually know that. Yeah. And that's why it like is funny and ironic and weird. So I just owned it. Yeah. Okay. Well, Sorry I'm going to gonna try and give you an introduction. <laughs> War of the Worlds. I am Sam. Man on Fire. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The First Lady. Most importantly, my best friend <laughs> for a very, very, very long time. Yes. Um, welcome to our podcast. Thank We're so you. happy to have you that you made it through the LA Marathon to get here. Smooth sail to the LA Marathon. Mm-hmm. We're also very honored to have you, especially oh. at our home too, yes. which is so nice. Thank you. Um, That's worked out. Okay. So we start every podcast <laughs> okay. asking what your definition of fulfillment is and what your definition of success is and if they are related or intertwined at all. My definition of fulfillment and success, I think, are intertwined and I think they actually have nothing to do with my career or my professional life. I think for me, I was definitely taught at a very young age by my family and my mom in particular that being a successful person And being a fulfilled person lies kind of in your relationships with people and like how you treat other people and the 
first impressions that you leave with people and that that is really what you should garner your self-worth and confidence from is like by being a good person and then, you know, hoping that by doing the right thing and being a good person, then successes will come from that. But really like all that matters in life is treating other people's well and, you know, hoping that you get treated well in return. So for me, I think it's also complicated success because I, I found traditional success at such a young age. I started acting when I was six and was quote unquote successful. Um, you know, my first movie was I Am Sam and it was a well-liked film. And so people kind of started to know who I was right away. And so I think if I, if I lived my life with the definition of success being about my professional life, I think that's kind of a recipe for disaster when you're that young, attaching success to like, especially an industry that's like ever-changing and so fluid and there's so many ups and so many downs. And so I've never really attached success to my career. I just really continue to act because I love doing it. And it's just, and and it's also kind of all I've ever known. Like, I don't know how to do anything mm-hmm. else. <laughs> um, and I also happen to still love it, which is nice. But yeah, I mean, I think I take a lot of pride and feel a lot of fulfillment and success with my relationships with my friends and my family and focusing on on making sure that those are a priority amongst kind of the noise of life. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a great answer. And we, when we were thinking about questions, this kind of leads right into that, is that is what's so fascinating. As your friend, obviously, seeing you like I met you pretty young and you've always been successful. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because in life, like we've talked about this on other podcast episodes, it's so easy to attach to like outcomes and to yeah. identities. Like yes. I am this person. This is my job. This is who I am. I think there's probably a whole other layer of that with fame mm-hmm. that I obviously mm-hmm. don't know, mm-hmm. which I would love to hear more about. But in an industry that is always changing, like something we were curious about, we're like, if you like strike it big at six, Mm -hmm. right? What does that mean for the rest of your life? Yeah, totally. And managing your own expectations of yourself, of the world, of people, of your career, Mm -hmm. because it is really up and down. And Mm -hmm. that's just the nature, especially of Hollywood, Mm -hmm. like of of life in general, but Mm -hmm. Hollywood is like so cutthroat Mm -hmm. and so intense. And from the outside, you've done that with such grace. And like, I've never, I've never been like, that's never been your thing, right? right. Like you're very grounded. Yep. You know, you're, yep. we're all very close, have this like really tight knit group of, from high school. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like how do you, in facing that, which you kind of touched on, you have, like, how do you deal with that? I think it's interesting because having people know who I was from six and it was pre-social media and like pre kind of the change in the world. So I feel, even though I'm still very young, I feel like I had a big chunk of my career that was kind of more old school, like before everything kind of changed. And so I kind of have just stayed in that (laughs) bubble in a weird way. Like, yes, I have an Instagram. Yes, I like participate in modern society. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think I participate in a little bit of a different way than maybe someone who became known, you know, 
five years ago, you know, and there's a different pressure to be active on social media. And, you know, that's a big part of people's careers, which I completely respect. And, you know, I also participate in to an extent, but I think that my career wasn't dependent on that for a long time, you know, having when when I was six years old, that wasn't around. So um, I think that has been helpful for me to kind of keep perspective and stay grounded. I honestly, I think that the biggest thing that has kept me sane through any ups or downs in my career is the decision to go to a normal school for high school, to go to Campbell Hall. I have no regrets about like my life before that. I was homeschooled from second grade to ninth grade. I had the same teacher. When I wasn't working, I would go to her house and do school. Like I had an amazing education, an amazing relationship with her and like wouldn't change it for the world. And I was so busy, like going to school would have been nearly impossible. But when I would, when it was time for high school, I was like, I don't want to miss out on that. And so the decision to do that changed my life in such a big way because it gave me this like community of people that are still my best Mm -hmm. friends, you know? I mean, it's how I know Jasmine and we've been friends for 15 years. Like that's crazy. crazy. And I can't imagine if I hadn't done that. And I think it just, it gave me a real home base and people that I was always able to like come back to when I've had to travel and when I have to go away, I always know that I have, you know, this group of friends to come home to and that are kind of there waiting for me. (laughs) And that I think has been one of the biggest, most important things was that decision and just like not having, because there are things that you miss out on when you're working at six, seven, eight, nine years old, obviously. And I don't regret those things that I missed out on. And I'm like perfectly happy with the way that I grew up and I'm very grateful for it. But I'm really glad that I didn't have to miss out on like the teenage stuff and like the high school stuff. I didn't have to miss any of that. And I am really appreciative of that. Did you get a lot of pushback though? Like when you wanted to go to high school or when you didn't kind of go into society norms of like going onto social media when everyone was going onto social media? Because it's amazing to see that you were able to stay grounded, but I think like you're an anomaly in the space. I think it's really hard to maintain friendships with your high school friends and to like always still be grounded and be like, oh, society wants me to like go model or society wants me to, you know, put my life on social media and I'm going to say no. Like it takes a level of like, you know, strength in yourself. And maybe that was instilled in you from your parents or I I don't know what it is, but I just think that like, I'm sure you received some pushback to try to mold. And then you were like, no. Yeah, I think I have in certain ways. I think I'm I've been lucky that the people around me in my professional life have been in my life for a very long time. So they've known me like my manager has been my manager since I was 12 and you know, she's like family at this point and so she knows me you know, deeply and my personality, I can't be forced to do anything that I don't want to do. <laughs> and I'm just never going to do it. <laughs> so that's been courting so you since you were it's a kid. Just who I, it's just who I am. And like how— Have you always been that way? I've always been that way. I've always been that way. So you almost like have had the thick skin to kind of deal with. And who knows? Who's to say if I would have as thick of skin if I didn't start so young? I, I can't, you know, it's you like the chicken know. or the egg. I don't, yeah. I'm not sure. But, you know, I've always been extremely strong-willed and if something doesn't make sense to me, 
like my body won't allow me to do it. <laughs> like, yeah. Literally. <laughs> Is your sister like that too? Very much so. Probably even a little bit more. So it me. comes from your parents probably <laughs> being like that too, right? My mom is like super, if you met her, if she walked in this room right now, you would be like, she's so nice. And she's so, she's like very Southern and like super sweet. And she is all of those things, but she is the person that you go to when you need something to get done. Like, you know, she is, and and she's very opinionated and she's very strong and she definitely taught us to be that way, but she also taught us to be that way with a smile, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, um, we know how to keep our like values and, and be true to ourselves, but in a way that's still respectful and like, you know, having good manners and like all of that stuff was the top priority for her, you know, growing up. And so we definitely, we're not, we're not strong-willed to the point of being rude, you know, but um, we're definitely, well, and myself are, are very uh, opinionated and know what is right for us. And it's very easy to stay true to that. That's a really interesting like balance though, because we've talked about this. We were talking about this, like, and maybe this goes to the old school thing. Like you are in the best way, the most quintessential, like clean rep. <laughs> like there's nothing, yeah. like you can't like find dirt, you right. know, like there's no scandal. Really there's really nothing. <laughs> there's nothing. And a part of that's privacy, obviously. Yes. And like you said, like social media didn't make your career. Right. Like maybe it's a supplemental ad sure, here sure. and there now, but right. like, that's not why you are in the public eye. Sure. And you're not famous to be famous, which is a lot of our world right now, right? It's like people move to LA to be an influencer and mm -hmm. that's their, and mm -hmm. no hate on that. That's, not at all. Yeah. You know, like it's a cool avenue that people can be public. Yeah. But to that point, you know, people make a lot, we're like living in a world of assumptions. Yeah. Everyone, because we have a window into people's lives or we think we have a window into people's lives, we think we know everything about everyone. And that actually typically makes us feel really bad. It's just not good for anyone. I think something that's really interesting is that you are really strong. I obviously know this about you, but you are extremely polite and cordial and professional. And yes. like on top of it, do you feel that there's like a push and pull between, like, is there an inner battle sometimes where you're sort of like, fuck this, you know? <laughs> I definitely at times have been, listen, a big part of my life has been my age and being seen as young because people have known who I am from such a young age. So, you I know, think you're for six. so many years, it was, I can't believe how old you are. It's like no 17 year old wants to hear about like people still thinking you're eight years old. <laughs> like, you know, like no one wants to deal with that. So my life revolved around like this annoyance that people still saw me as younger. But I think instead of trying to do something like edgy to be seen as older, I just like dealt with it. And I was like, this will end one day. Like it will, it's, this isn't going to last and forever. It? And it has, like it <laughs> absolutely has now. Like I haven't heard that in years <laughs> and it's great. Like I'm 29 years old. Like, I'm sorry. It's that, that it would, it, it was getting ridiculous, <laughs> um, but I feel like that has definitely ended. But I, a big part of my life has been people having so many preconceived notions of the kind of person that I am. And 
my internal battle with how much does that bother me? Because I do think that my real personality is extremely different from what people think that I'm like. And what I battle with is sort of liking that no one knows what I'm like, except for the people that I've chosen to know what I'm really like. Mm -hmm. But then I think sometimes I do, I battle with that. Like how much do I want to show of who I am and then also not really caring, like the people that know me know who I am and whatever. But I definitely think about that or have thought about it a lot in the past. But I think, again, I think like my mom's voice comes back into my head every time, which is like, be polite, be cordial, be professional and all of that. And, you know, I end up just going with that because it's like, that can't be picked apart. You know what I mean? It's like so much safer to be that way. And so like I hear from people when I like meet someone and they're like, I was reading this interview with you and it's like, you have this amazing talent for like answering a question and saying something, but not really saying anything at all. And I didn't learn anything new about you from reading the article. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, I, would agree. I know. <laughs> I would agree with that. Like, that's my plan. <laughs> it's like, I do have, I'm, I like have this ability to do that. And it's a lot easier to do that. But yeah, I think, again, as I've like gotten older and and more settled into myself and all of that, I feel a little bit more comfortable being a bit more, more open, but, um, ultimately privacy usually wins out. And like, that's the other thing I was saying to you earlier, I've made plenty of mistakes and like done, you know, I've fucked up and done things and I just have really great friends who protect me and don't tell anyone. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I'm not like this perfect person. Like I think a lot of people think that I am, but yeah, people make a lot of assumptions. People make a lot of assumptions. And, and I'd like to draw attention to <laughs> recently Dakota was set up by a, a friend's yeah. friend. Mm-hmm. Obviously very sweet gesture. It's always yeah. nice when someone sets you up. But the person that she was set up with, like, it was just really funny because it was like, oh, you're setting this person up with Dakota Fanning that you like don't know and might know nothing about when you read mm-hmm, these articles. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. this, it was just like so completely not someone Dakota would be with. And I feel like I want to get into talking yeah. about dating. Yeah. Like how does that affect, I mean, obviously that's an obvious one. Like yes. someone's like, Yes. This matches the Dakota Fanning. Yes. That's and I co- totally up. got that. Like it made sense. <laughs> it just was on paper it made on sense. On paper it made complete sense and it was a lovely gesture and you know it was just not ended up not being a match. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> um, because I think this person again had never been sort of let into that other side are. of me which is more who I actually am which yeah. you know is not her fault and not even my fault. It's no one's fault, just whatever. But I do, I think that that happens. I think that that happens a lot or can happen a lot in dating. Like I feel like the times that I've been set up, it's not really worked. I haven't had a person like close enough to me set me up with anyone, you know, like who really knows me. So your relationships typically have been like organic. Like you've met them, they've seen your authentic self and that's how it kind of flourished. That's how the relationships have been for sure. Yeah. It's been somebody that I've met on my own. 
But even though I like being set up because I think it gets your like juices totally. flowing. Yeah, it's like <laughs> so going on dates. I won't say no. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, I think it's good. Of um, course. So a lot of why we started this podcast was like our own search for fulfillment and mm-hmm. being like, what's our purpose? What's our passion? Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think, well, I guess that's a separate question. Like, do you feel like, okay, your fulfillment and your success comes from your relationships. Do you feel like your purpose though? Yeah. No, I think I haven't like gotten to my purpose yet because- Really? For, no. Because I think for me, like the only thing in my life that I've ever wanted without a doubt that I've never questioned is like, having a family and like being a mom, like that is the thing that I'm like, can't wait for. And I'm like, that is going to be, that's my purpose. Like, I know that that's my purpose. I mean, not to say I'm like, not going to act anymore or whatever, you know (laughs) what I mean? Like, I'm still, I'll try and do both the best I can, but like, I just, I'm so close to my mom and like our relationship is the foundation of who I am and like my whole life. And we've been through so much together And I just like can't wait to be a mom. So I feel like that is what's going to end up being probably the answer to your first question, which is like, what is your definition of fulfillment and success? Like, I feel like that's going to be in like the family that I create. Yeah, no, that's really beautiful. Um, And as someone who's about to be a mom, like I kind of feel the same way. It's like we haven't even tapped into this whole side of us, right? When we're not a mom yet, that. And when you us. want that, like yes. when you desperately want it, it's like, my God, I like I haven't even started living my life yet. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of how I feel. Like yeah. I've had so many experiences and traveled so many places and like had successes and all of those things. But I, I feel like I'm kind of right now in this waiting period for for that. For the right guy. For for the yeah, for the right guy and to like have a family. And that's what I'm like excited for right now. It's so funny. I've only recently started to feel that way. I think mm-hmm. now that my sister has kids yeah. and like it starting to happen around me, my friends having kids, I sort I never was like fully like, I want to be a mom. And yeah. now I'm like desperate to be a mom. Mm-hmm. In terms of dating, like I think it would be really interesting to hear like what I obviously know personally, <laughs> but like I think it'd be interesting to talk about and hear because I'm sure I know people make assumptions about your dating life, mm-hmm. what it must be like to date an actress or someone who has like access and success and yeah, like what is that actually like? And like, is there anything that you're kind of like that makes it difficult, you know? I think what makes it difficult is because this business is such a fundamental part of my life and it's been so ingrained in me Like, I can't date someone who doesn't know what ADR is, you know? Like, and maybe you both don't know what ADR is. I really was like, it sounds like some tech thing. What is ADR? It's like when you, after you do a movie, during the editing process, you go in and you do ADR and you like re-record lines. Like if your mic was rubbing on your shirt or if there was an airplane going over during a line, you go in and you re-record that line. You loop it. And it's called an ADR session. And- so you so do it for every pre- movie. This is your prereq. Well, it's just an example of like. So if anyone's listening, I, yeah. interested, <laughs> if you don't know what ADR learn is, is. What it is? Hit the road. Um, well, now they'll know what it is, and then they can go after her. Yeah. Bring it up on the first date. So it's like there are certain things like that about the business that I don't want to have to explain yeah. to a partner. Like I just can't. You know Why? what I mean? It's like unattractive. It's unattractive, and it's just 
You need someone that kind I of just like need integrates. somebody that can, kind of can integrate and there can world. be a little bit of a shorthand. It's like, it's what's so amazing about having a sister who does the same thing is like, we're yes. able to have that, you know, rapport with each other where you just don't have to explain it. Like sometimes you don't feel like educating, edu- you know, you're okay. You're dating a guy and you're like, oh, I have to go like loop those lines tomorrow. It's like, what's looping? It's like, no, no, no. I can't, like, I can't, you know what I mean? I've, yeah. just, I've been, I've been going to ADR since I was six years old. Like I can't right. ex- start explaining like, can't it at 29. Like, yeah. you also, it just is. You need someone who, <laughs> you, need who, you need someone who understands so that they don't like resent certain things about yes, the career it, too, who don't, right? Who don't resent, who like, don't, you know, I think being jealous is like a big thing of, you know, that aspect of intimidation, intimidating and all of that. So it's, but, but then again, my go-to preference probably wouldn't be an actor, you know, like I would, so it's like, I think someone that's in the industry in some capacity is probably a preference because there are just so many things that you don't have to explain and that they would just sort of understand. I think that the hardest part or the biggest thing that I like worry about in dating is, is trust and like trusting a person and letting them into your life in such an intimate way when like so much of my life is like about protecting it and like keeping everything close. And, and so then to be in a relationship or to date kind of properly, you have to be vulnerable and you have to be open and like honest. And so I think that's the thing that is the scariest part of like making these quick evaluations of like who can be trusted, you know, and like, they're not going to tell anybody I said that, right? Or you know what I mean? Like things like that yeah. or just, I don't know. Um, no, I was going to ask you. That can be scary. I was going to ask you how your relationship with trust has been over the years, because I can imagine being in the spotlight, it's very hard, whether it's a romantic partner, where there's a friendship. Totally. I'm sure there are times that you have been scarred, right? Like in the past. Yeah. With, with trust. Yeah. And so how does like trust play a role in your life now? And is it something that you're constantly like watching out for or like being super mindful of who you're telling things to? I think now all of that has worked itself out because, you know, we've all been friends for 15 years at this point and like it's family level now, you know, like that's all been ironed out um, at this point, which I'm so grateful for. But I definitely like you know, remember starting high school and like being afraid to like give someone my number, like, you know, are they going to like give it to someone? Are they going to like use it in a bad way or like worrying about people like taking pictures of me at parties and like taking something out of context or, you know, those sort of things. Like I was definitely had to like learn how to navigate all of that when I was younger for sure. And, you know, eventually found the people that protected me and that I could trust. And I don't think that I walk around every day and like try and figure out like who's trying to fuck me over. Like, I don't think that I, I do that. Like, I think I've, I have a pretty good like spidey sense with people and I have like, you know, I sort of have a good intuition and, and, um, kind of instantly know who I can trust and who I can't. But, but I do sometimes walk around like not looking for new friends. You know what I mean? Like I kind of have all the friends that I need (laughs) at this point. So I'm not, not totally trying to let many more people in. Yeah. (laughs) And I admire that. The other day we were at Bird Streets, um, shout out to Brian. Yep. And I remember I was like, oh, like, you know, it's not really crowded yet. 
And Dakota's like, I don't want to be with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here with you. And I literally was like, huh. You know, but like, I, it's, we're very different in that way. But it's funny because as I've gotten older, I'm like, let's cut the fat, Jasmine. Like, yep. who gives a shit? Which Annabelle? Yeah, I am preaching right now. (laughs) She's pregnant. She's like, no, no, I don't speak to that person. Yeah, I I don't have time for their energy. But I think COVID really helped us a lot of us. That's true. Kind of, you know, shed the fat and like only be around people who are uplifting and positive to us. Yeah, Um, you know, it's obviously easier said than done to like just say bye to friends or people who aren't serving you. But I think in the long run, it really it takes a toll on your mental health when you have people who are bringing you down. Or draining, yeah. Yeah. Did you ever feel, I actually don't know the answer to this, like taken advantage of or like, I think Kitten Ball was a pretty good. I really didn't. I really didn't. Or even Hello. in like your newer friendships, like it seems like you have a great like high school relationships. Yeah. yeah. And I, t- I certainly, I, I I have, you know, I, I am able to make new friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, but <laughs> um, no, honestly, I don't know. I've been really lucky that I, if I felt like somebody was like sneaky or trying to trick me, I only saw them once. <laughs> you know, like I never saw them yeah. again. Mm-hmm. But no, I've been I've been really lucky that I've I've uh, I've not felt like completely bamboozled by a person in the trust department. Seems like you have a really good moral compass and a really good gut intuition. Yeah, I do think. Where do you think this comes from? I think it's something that I, I mean, I could definitely say I got it from my mom for sure, because I think that she's definitely like that. But I think part of it, I was just kind of born with, whether it's inherited from her or something, you know, that was given to me. I don't know. But yeah, I do. I think that like the biggest thing for me in life is what is morally right and like ethically right and doing, I think I said this already, but like doing the right thing. Sometimes doing the right thing doesn't serve you in the moment, but it will, you know, allow you to go to sleep that night, you know? (laughs) So I, I end up doing that, you know? I've actively done things that are not in my best interest, but they're the right thing to do. And I think that living your life that way leads to like a more peaceful life. And I think ultimately in the end, you get the prize, whatever the prize is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's amazing that this is like a common thread from like you were a baby till now, because I think sometimes all the noise in society can sometimes get you off the path of listening to yourself and you instead get conditioned by what society's expectations are for you. But it seems like you really like took those like core values to yourself and like they are part of you to this day since you were born. Yeah. I feel like I don't have to think about it too much anymore, which is actually nice. My natural instinct is kind of to try and do the right thing. And then I think what comes with that is the times that I haven't done the right thing, it really devastates me. You know, I feel like really mm-hmm. bad about it, you know, and that's also a part of life and also an important feeling to feel sometimes. Definitely not uh, perfect all the time, but I try to do my best. Do you think that you, like, do you think you're a perfectionist? I think I have really high standards for myself. Yeah. I don't know if it's quite to the level of perfectionist. I think that I've gotten, think that I've gotten better like I used to, I even thought about this when we went bowling for Audrey's birthday. Mm-hmm. 
I think years ago. Do you? Oh, I think years ago. Bowling skills? Yeah, I think years ago, like being bad at bowling would have really bothered me. (laughs) Right. And it would have seemed like, oh, like I I should be good at this. Like, or or I don't want to bowl because I know I'm not going to be good. Like I used to very much be a person that was like, I don't do things that I'm not going to be good at. And so I just don't do them. And I've noticed a shift in myself that it's like, oh my God, Dakota, no one gives a fuck if you can bowl or not. Yeah. (laughs) Are you like, are you nuts? Like it's totally fine to be bad at bowling. It's like not a problem. And no one's judging you. Really not a problem. Pretty sure like no one's judging you. And no one cares. And like I just felt that shift. I felt it in other areas, but like even with something like that, I was. I mean, I was fine. I wasn't good and I wasn't like, it wasn't in the gutter every time, but it doesn't matter. Like it, it's yeah. literally irrelevant whether I am good at bowling or not. And so I think. <laughs> yeah, it's more about I would, the, I would agree. I think it's, it's like, irrelevant. Completely. So I still have high standards for myself, obviously. And I still like care about pushing myself and making sure I'm doing the best that I can in all aspects. But I've definitely kind of let off the gas a little bit with some things and been like, can't be great at everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're good at some things, not great at others. And it's not like a reflection of your character intelligence or intelligence or, character, or like yeah. whether you're good at this weird little thing or not, you yeah, know, or an effect of your worth. Or exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Do you feel like you're hard on your partner sometimes in that way ever? Um, I actually don't. I think I'm actually maybe not hard enough sometimes. Securely attached to everyone. (laughs) So I think sometimes I give other people a lot of grace and like a lot of leeway when maybe sometimes I should crack down a little harder. Yeah, we've all been in Um, bad relationships. But I think at back to the trust thing, I think at my core, I am, I actually am a very trusting person and I do like want to see the good in people. And when I do get let down by somebody, I feel it very, very deeply, but I still, I I still feel like taking that risk is better, you know, like trying to see the good in people is like better. And sometimes you get hurt and you deal with it and you'll get through it. Because you're staying true to like your authentic self. That's your authentic nature. That's just who I am. Yeah. Well, something I admire about you, which I love, is that you are very, I think you trust yourself a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Which 
I definitely struggle with. Like, I feel like I am getting better, which is like great in some ways. I guess it like pushes you to seek and ask questions and whatever. But I feel like you are very sure of yourself in that way. And is that something you think that was fostered or you think that's just who you are? I think that's just who I am. I think I definitely ask for people's advice and like go to people and ask, what do you think I should do? Or this, you know, but I always know that I'm going to do what I'm going to do no <laughs> for matter our conversation earlier. For our conversation yeah. earlier. I'm going to I'm going to do what I'm going to do no matter what even if it goes against everyone's advice in my life or it's what, you know, people tell you not to do. Like I'm still if it's something that I need to like go through and see it through, I'm just going to do it and I think another quality that I have which is a good thing but it can also be difficult is that I am very tough. Like I am very mentally tough and very mentally strong. And like, I actually do believe there's like not many things that I couldn't get through. Like, I really feel like I can get through most things. <laughs> like, and so I'll just take the risk of like getting my heart broken or getting hurt mm-hmm. or getting disappointed because it's like, I know that I'll get through it. And I just kind of need to see what's going to happen. Yeah. And stay true to myself. Yeah. Is the gut and intuition feeling and trusting yourself, is this something that you foster? Like, is this because of, um, you know, spending time in stillness or mindfulness or going for walks alone or things like that? Those things help ground you or do you just have that and you don't feel like you need all the stillness? No, no, I definitely need the stillness. No, I definitely, definitely need the stillness and like love my, yeah. (laughs) I definitely love like my alone time. And, you know, when you're, I travel a lot, like going away to work on something. You're alone for long periods of time in other countries and hotel rooms by yourself. Like I've had, I have lots of time to think about stuff. Um, And I've, I think in the last couple of years, tried to really use that to like really imagine and not meditate in a literal way. I don't meditate, but just in my own head, just like ponder and think about like things that I want and things that I feel like I'm ready for. And I definitely need that. And I definitely foster that. I have like, I live in, and I have since I was little, it's why my mom was like, oh, maybe she should like try and act or something. Cause I would just use my imagination and just like play and think up different scenarios. And like, I still do that in my own way, in my own head. Like I think about you visualize. Four different outcomes and like visualize and like have conversations yeah. in my head and like think about the different ways that a situation could go. And it usually like leads you to an answer of like, which one do you wish would happen? Or like, which outcome do you think is going to happen? Or you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, so I, I still do that. And I how definitely you, need that time. How do you handle disappointment? Oh, God. I think I handle it well on the outside. And I think it's like the thing that like hurts me the most inside. I've felt like a lot of disappointment in my life. And some of it, it's like, oh, maybe my expectations were too high or maybe someone just disappointed me. <laughs> um, I handle it well on the outside, but it's it's the thing that scares me the most is getting let down and disappointed. And How do you handle that on the inside? I think I just get dressed and go go, and wake up and go. Like I, you know, I don't, I don't know that I 
have a particular way that I handle it, I think I just go like, oh, well, happened again. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) And because for someone who is very trusting, I feel like it comes with the territory when you're super trusting to sometimes be let down. It's like a double-edged sword because I'm like that as well. Definitely. Super open, super vulnerable. And it's one of my biggest strengths, but also it can be a huge weakness of mine that I kind of let people in too quickly. And I think I've only recently made the decision to like be a little bit more vulnerable and be a little bit more open. I think I like closed everything up for a while, like in my twenties. Cause I was like, I can't, I, I can't get let down. I can't get disappointed. I don't want to get hurt. Do you think that that was because of your very serious relationship in your early twenties? Maybe I, it could be that it could be, I think it could be like some professional disappointments that I felt like I had. I think it's a mix. I think it's a mix of a lot of things. Like I feel like sometimes I'm a person that I'm always expecting the worst to happen. You know, like I never expect things to go right. I always, I always see 12 different outcomes for how they're going to go wrong. Is that like to prepare? To prepare, to prepare. Yeah. Because we've had- keep my guard up. With dating too. With We're dating. Like, we with... start dating someone, not you. Yeah. Yeah. Proverbial you. Like we, and I do the same thing where we're like, well, like you never know. Like yeah. it's like that anxiety. I'm always like, I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, who knows? I you also go think that wrong. comes with age too, because you start to experience disappointment and then you're like, start to feel like you have to prepare for it, even though it doesn't do anything because it still sucks. Yeah. No. It's always gonna it's always gonna suck. But I I put a guard up because I felt like I had had disappointments and didn't I just was like, I'm not gonna no one's gonna make me feel bad about anything ever again. And I'm just gonna put this wall up. And then I think in the last couple of years I've been like, Ugh, it's not really a way to live. Like you're gonna get hurt again in whatever capacity it is, and you're gonna get through it and it's gonna be okay. And it's not. Yeah. And also deal, and also the feeling, sometimes the feeling of um being let down and being disappointed for me overlaps with like being embarrassed and like feeling humiliated. Like, oh my God, I like thought that something was happening and then it wasn't. And now I'm like the butt of this joke But what is that about? Because I'm the same way and I know it's common, but it's like, oh, this man disappointed me and I'm embarrassed. Right. Because it somehow feels like I was the fool. Yeah. Definitely. That like let this person, but it's so, or even like at work, right? Yeah. If like, you no, don't get it, a job yeah. or if this, you know, I've dealt with a lot of disappointment at work recently and it's like things didn't pan out the way that were totally out yeah, of my you control. you think something's going your way and then it goes in a different way and then you feel like you're left outside in your underwear. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like very. Actually that, it's really exposed. But I think, so exposed. I think but it's, it's almost foreboding joy, like what Brene Brown talks about. Like we're scared to like lean into the good because we're like, well, what if it goes sour? Okay. So this is a narrative I feel like we all need to change because I think all of us, to your point earlier, Dakota, we always think about what's going to go wrong and we don't think about what's going to go right. And if everyone's talking about like manifestation and all this and visualizing and really getting your brain in the space of something good happen, but how can we get the good when we're constantly focused on the 12 ways it's going to go wrong? Well, that's another thing for me that I like think about a lot and that I've like still don't have the right answer to, but it's like the manifestation versus jinxing it. And like, how do you like live there? (laughs) 
I completely agree. I like, sometimes want because something. I'm like everyone's talking about manifest what you want and all this stuff. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm gonna jinx it. It's never gonna happen. You know <laughs> and then it's like I'm then you're living in the I, negative. It's just it's so complicated. What I've I always think about this, and many people are like, well, isn't that jinxing it? But I've realized a quiet knowing. Yeah. There is a quiet yes. expectation yeah. versus a like forcing, like this is going to happen. This right. is the way it will be. Right. Because and that's even why in my most recent relationship that is now repaired, <laughs> um, everyone was like, is this the one? And I'm like, I don't. And maybe that's my own thing. But I was like, I don't want to say that. That's sure. who knows what's going to happen. Scary. And then look what happened. Yeah. We broke up. Yes. And like now we're back together. But yes. again, you like really don't know. But I think it's more about getting in tune, whatever it is, stillness, being mm-hmm. in, on mm-hmm. a job in a hotel room alone and just mm-hmm. being quiet with like, what do I know? Mm-hmm. And a part of that knowing is knowing that if it doesn't work out the way that you want it to, it will pan out in a way that it should. Absolutely. So that goes back to faith, right? And like yes. believing in something and bigger than yourself. And I have a lot yourself. of faith and in so I they do. Say, yes. Do yes. I would love to. Definitely. I yeah. would love to hear more about that because I think both Jasmine and I, we really believe like, you know, there's the universe, a larger force than all of us mm-hmm. that we can believe in. And the world, the universe is happening for us, not to us. Mm-hmm. And there's like this like trust that we have in the unknown. So yes. even if it doesn't work out to our expectations, taking a step back and with some perspective, we know that like it's going to work itself out. I, right? And I think that's probably really the answer to most of your questions is like, I, I was definitely like, I, I was raised in a Christian house and have carried, you know, that on with me and like definitely believe in God and believe in something bigger than myself and like have faith that like things happen for a reason and that things are going to work out the way they're supposed to work out and like it will be revealed at some point and you just kind of have to keep going. It's always just like been a given to me, you know what I mean? Like that kind of faith has always just been something that I've always felt to be true and definitely in those feelings of disappointment or feelings of being let down or embarrassed or whatever they are. It's like, this is all a part of, you know, this is all a part of my- Your journey. Journey and my life. And like, it's all going to be okay. And yeah. yeah. It helps when you also have the right support system around you. And I wanted to go back to something because you said you work with your sister. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine that that was something that was really grounding for you to just like, as you said, in your relationship, it's important for them to know like what you're going through and you don't have to explain things to have your own sister go through this journey with you so that you can vent and she can be your sounding board and vice versa without having to explain like every single detail. Yeah. So how was that working with her one? And then I know you also worked on same films together as well as just being when in When we were little, she played me younger. We've never been in a movie together, which- Isn't um, there one coming- I think we will- we will hopefully try and do that. We were supposed to do that right when the we're pandemic started. Yeah, we're manifesting. Yeah, we're jinxing it. it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's a quiet knowing. But we started a production company together. Um, and so we are like producing things, some that will be in or she'll be in or I'll be in or some things that we're not in and podcasts and documentaries and all different kinds of things. And so that's been really fun to go through with her. But- yeah, my sister and I are four years apart, which for some time in our life felt like a big gap. You know, you're like not going through the same things when you're, you know, 
eight and 12 or like 12 and 16, you know, you're kind of on different pages. But then like, I feel, I don't know, when she was like 18, maybe, I don't know. We just felt like we were back to going through similar things. Yeah. And I don't know that we've ever been closer than we've been in the last like 10 years. And I mean, we've always been close, but you know what I'm saying? Of just me going to her for advice and her coming to me Mm -hmm. and our relationship is the most sacred relationship in my life. Like I can't imagine not having a sister. I mean, you know, Jasmine, that having a sister sister too. Sisters are so special. So special. We've talked about this, like how- And Elle and Jasmine relate to each other being the younger sibling. (laughs) They're like soul sisters, the kooky freaks. I love Elle. But it's funny because (laughs) I don't know about your sister, but like my sister and I are completely different, like completely different. We're different. We are different. But you were in the same industry. Like my sister is like, does like Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, and she's like- very holistic, which I love so much about her, but I'm very different, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm like starting businesses and Mm -hmm. building and create, right? And so it's so interesting how both of you ended up in the same industry. Yeah. I mean, she, she started, her first movie was playing me younger in I Am Sam. And it was simply like, she was there and they needed someone that looked like me. And they asked my mom, like, can Elle like go on this yeah. swing with Sean for an hour. Like literally Sean as in Sean Penn. <laughs> and I was like, I guess. And then that, so that just kind of happened. And I think, I think Elle would say this too. It, you know, she started acting because I was doing it, you know, like wanting to That's sort of be like me, you know, thing. just yeah, kind of, of and, and all of that. And then as she's gotten older, she obviously has her own relationship with it and her own very successful career. And that's, I'm so proud of her and, you know, feel so excited with every new thing that she does, but totally being able to relate on that level. And again, like not having to explain things and she knows what ADR is. She knows what ADR is. (laughs) And then starting the company together has been really fun to get to collaborate on things. And we are very different in a lot of ways. Our personalities are different, but we grew up under the same roof, Mm -hmm. you know, with the same teachings and practices. And so I think in our souls, we're very, very similar, but, um, and you've experienced, we've experienced a lot together and like experienced a lot of the same things, but she's definitely the, uh, Free spirit, the wild one, goofy. She is like you don't know my sister that well, but she like I'm Roxanne. You are Roxanne. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like I am Elle. Like yeah. it is exactly like we're so similar and so different. Yes, yes. like the way we approach. Like Roxanne and I have world. talked about like oh yeah, we have to keep it together while the two like <laughs> freaks are frolicking in the field, you know, and like. Rocks and I are holding down the yes, fort, like you know, it's like have room. to be put together and like yes. everyone's coming to us like, wait, what's happening? What's going on? Yeah. It's, it's an like, older sibling thing. It's, it's an older sibling an older thing. Sibling it's just thing. that quintessential older, younger thing. But, um, yeah. but I love that about her. You know, I love that about her too. Okay. I wanted to ask you something because I think so much, so many of our listeners and our audience struggle to find themselves. And I know it's something Jasmine and I are still 
trying to find ourselves. We're still trying to figure out what we should be doing. And I'm in the field with Elle. And I, <laughs> I also think that like, I didn't even know like my main strengths till I was like 29 years mm-hmm, old. Mm-hmm. And for you, you came into acting at the age of six and you loved it. And it was the one thing that you really wanted to do. Yeah. First of all, like, how do you like just find your one thing at such a young age and then just be like, this is, this is my path. And I know it in my gut that this is what I'm supposed to be doing because so many of us are really so like seeking, like I've been seeking forever. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's my soul's purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Is to continue to seek. But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like I think to add to your question, are you also like, huh, what would a different path be? Or like, and I guess in Mm -hmm. starting a production company, Mm -hmm. that is Mm -hmm. an adjacent path, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, day to day, are you like, this is it. And it's, it's, I've never had to look back or have you sometimes questioned or been like, huh, like maybe I want more or. Yeah. I mean, when I was six and like my mom and I came to LA and we were supposed to be here for six weeks and then it turned into like never going back to Georgia where I'm from. We did not come here with like, I am going to be an actress. (laughs) Like it was not like that. (laughs) It was like, My mom put me in, she was a parent that threw me into every lesson under the sun, ballet, jazz, tennis, violin, gymnastics, soccer, like she put me in everything to see where like my natural ability or interest, which lesson I was going to like the most. And I was bad at some, fine at others. I was actually really good at the violin. (laughs) Um, But I didn't like going. Like I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't want to practice. And so she was like, God, it's like pulling teeth to get her to do all of this stuff. And all I wanted to do was play around the house. Like I just wanted to make up these scenarios. And so she was like, okay, I guess I'll like take her to this summer camp that you like do a play and then perform, you know, study for the play and then do the play at the end of the two weeks for the parents. And I went and did that. And the head of that play summer camp was like, she really paid attention like differently than the other kids. And like, she was really focused and seemed to really enjoy it. Like she should do commercials or something like whatever. So my mom, like a couple months later, took me to this casting call in Atlanta at an agency and I got picked and like got a bunch of commercials right away. And then my mom's sister lived in LA. And so they were like, you should go for pilot season for six weeks and just see what happens. And we did that. And like my aunt lived on Crescent (laughs) or no, she lived on Clifton Way. And we like slept on our couch for six weeks. And like, I went to auditions and like kept getting stuff and was like, oh, okay. Like, I guess we have to stay. And, and we never left. So like my, I didn't come here with the purpose of like, you know, this life happening. Like it just sort of happened. And before we knew it, it kind of, yeah. And, um, so I do think how easily it could have not happened all the time. You know, like my mom could have just called it at a certain point and been like, yeah, I know you got ER, but like, we're not going to do it. We're going to go home. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it just, it would have been so simple to be like, ah, we're not going to do it. And so I could have had a completely different life. And I do think about that. I don't like yearn for it, but I do like wonder what it would have been like sometimes. But 
ultimately, when I had friends who were kind of going through the quarter life crisis or like figuring out what they wanted to do post-college and like not knowing a purpose or those things, I was grateful that I had something to attach like confidence and purpose to. And that was my job. I was like, okay, well, I know, I know, I know how to do this, you know? And like, I know that I still love it and I still want to do it. And so I've, I've just never really looked back, but, um, I do think how just one little thing, one, one little decision Mm -hmm. was made differently. I would have had a completely, completely different life, but I'm, I'm glad I didn't, I didn't have to figure that out. Even though my family's like, you should have been an attorney. <laughs> They're like, you should have been, a, you should have been an attorney. Like, my mom's like, that's what you should have done. <laughs> well, how much like do you attach yourself? Like, it's hard for me to survey this because I'm too close to you yeah. to like know, but how much do you like attach to the identity, the identity of being an actress and all that comes with it. And when things like you just said, like, I remember, I mean, it happened a million times over in my twenties, it's still happening, but I remember leaving college and having that moment of like, well, what am I doing? What am I good at? Took me years, still learning, whatever. Like when things don't just like fall into your lap, right. Which I know has happened for you. It's happened for everyone on this planet. That's the way life works. Like how attached are you to that identity and how do you handle when that happens? Because it has been a part of your identity since you were so young. I think I would be lying if I said I didn't attach like a big part of my identity yeah. to that, you know? And like, it's so, so young to yeah, start. I think it, it's, it, it just is a big part yeah. of my identity. What I don't think is a big part of my identity is the surrounding things that come with it, like the fame aspect. I don't attach my identity to mm-hmm. I think I attach my identity to like the movies I've done, the people I've worked with, the experiences I've had, the places I've gone to for work. Like that is what being an actor is to me. And it's not about like some Golden Globes after party. Do you know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) the surrounding, like the surrounding things that come with being an actor, that's not what I attach my identity to. I attach it to like, literally being on a set when it's 19 degrees the process. and you're filming something that's taking place in the summer. You're attaching to like, the, the feeling of the acting. The feeling of actually acting. The, the feeling of coming alive, yes. flow, all yes. of that. So you that, that. Do you feel very in flow when you're acting? Yes, definitely. And do. do you, when you're at the Golden Globes party, which Dakota are you? Are you like the Dakota I know or are you the good Dakota that <laughs> – dodges questions in a really tactful way. Oh, this time? Well, I did go to a Golden Globes after party this past Golden Globes, and I was my real self. <laughs> there you go. I have noticed as your friend, you grow more into just being like, I yes, don't give a fuck. I have, I have, I have. Which I is have. amazing. Yes. So yes. your relationship with yourself has changed a lot too, because tying it back to the beginning, you mentioned that fulfillment for you is like, really like following a moral compass mm-hmm. and, you know, being polite and and being there for their close friends and family and how yeah. relationships give you so much fulfillment. So bringing it back now full circle, it's not just the relationships with, you know, people around you. It's relationship your relationship with, with yourself. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, definitely. And that clearly has changed over the course of 
this entire journey of yours and you've become much more comfortable being in your authentic voice. Absolutely. And your authentic yeah. voice, like you said, like it's like good or bad and it's not bad, but it, you are an actress and you have been forever. And like, yeah. that is a part of who you are. Totally. And that is like a part I of your life. That. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. We have, we're wrapping up, okay. but two questions and then we'll go to our last, our always final question. But okay. What is the most annoying and like frustrating thing about what you do professionally? And what is the most annoying and frustrating thing about dating? Okay. Most annoying thing professionally, I think, which I've, I think it's why my sister and I started our own company is because so much of being an actor is waiting on other people to like think you can play a part or like want you to be in something. And like you're waiting around for other people to see your potential. Your potential or to like believe that you're capable of something that maybe you know you are a hundred percent. So I think to combat that annoyance, like starting a company and like developing our own material and like making our own opportunities has been very exciting and like gotten rid of that annoyance to an extent, but it always is there in this business to some extent. The most annoying or frustrating thing about dating, I think is I feel like even though I'm 29, I've lived a lot of lives and I've had a lot of experiences. And so I'm definitely have gotten to know myself very well through those experiences. And so I'm like ready for something pretty real and like ready to start this next chapter of my life. And I think just finding a mate or a match that's like emotionally available enough to do that because I don't think that I'm a typical 29-year-old. Like I've had more yeah. experiences than the average 29-year-old. And and um, I think that that's, you know, I've always been somebody that like, she's wise beyond her years. She's an old soul. <laughs> old soul. Like, you know, <laughs> my God. Which, what does that even mean? I don't know. But I mean, I guess I do kind of feel that way. I, I've just, I've, I've, I've lived a lot in 29 years, you know, yeah. lived a lot. And it's made me kind of like fast forward emotionally a little bit. Like yeah. I've grown up quicker, like in a way. I don't yeah. know. I just, I don't, I don't feel the need to like keep searching for too much longer. I'm like sort of ready to. Totally. Ready and for I've, the next phase. Yeah. And I've seen you go through relationships where in like a really powerful way, I was actually talking to Chris about this recently. Another podcast idea is like the idea of quitting. And I feel like you've like quitting for a greater good. And that's not just yeah, jobs. I've had that's, to do that. Yeah. That's yeah. not just friendships, romantic relationships, jobs, quitting a way you think about something. Like how powerful that is. Yeah. Thought patterns. Yeah. 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 And it's, it is a powerful thing and no one applauds quitting, but like sometimes you got to applaud Sorry, quitting. Sometimes. Oh, letting go and releasing, no, releasing letting go and before something gets bad yeah. is like the yeah, best decision of course. that you can yeah. and, it, and it's yeah. what will propel you forward. And yeah. I've seen you in okay relationships, mm -hmm, bad mm -hmm, relationships, good mm -hmm. relationships, and like walking away because of certain things that I really admire and respect. Like, you know, I believe everyone's entitled to their standards. Yeah. I do think you need to give what you expect. Mm -hmm. But 
watching you kind of make those decisions, which are difficult and like walk away from a really healthy relationship where you're Mm -hmm. like, but you're not meeting me where I am Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And I think- I know, that was hard. (laughs) Very hard, yeah. That was her last boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he was the best, but like having the wherewithal to be like, we're just not in the same place. Like- Let's let this go before it gets bad. Yeah. We like like, hate each other. I start being mean to you. (laughs) Totally, like that resentment. And I think- But I think it's like that in and of itself is an art and being like, I'm okay with like being in the uncertainty rather than being in something that doesn't feel right. Because a lot of, a lot of people, especially women, including myself, hold on to things that aren't right because of just wanting to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, you're really ready for that type of relationship, Mm -hmm. but knowing like, okay, but I need more. Yep. Yeah. That's. Yeah. No, I definitely have had to do that. And, um. Well, it's leveling up in a way. It's being like, mm-hmm. this is what's necessary for me. Mm-hmm. So. It's also like, I feel like we're always on this like video game and like you never really like make it to, you make it to the next level, but then you're like leveling up of yourself, right? Yeah. So you're just like constantly trying to be the better version of yourself. Totally. Um, and you just learn more and more things about yourself and people come into your life, relationships, come into your life, friendships, romantic relationships to, to keep teaching you about yourself and yeah. you learn. And so for the next relationship, you learn for the next one. And Yeah. Yeah. And even the beauty of what we were talking about earlier, which was like, I don't know if you were, you were setting up, but I don't know if you heard, but Dakota was like, well, I know what I want to do, whether that's what people advise me to do. And that's Mm -hmm. what I'm going to do. And I think Mm -hmm. that is also maturity Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of being like, Mm -hmm. I can pretend I'm going to listen to you, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to. to. (laughs) And that's brave. And just being honest about it. I said it the other night, somebody was like giving me some advice and I was like, (laughs) I totally hear you and I can pretend that that's what I'm going to do, but I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's an art in and of itself. And I'm proud of you. And that's, yeah, yeah. that's, that's amazing. That's wise in and of itself being like, I'm not going to listen. So I'll listen and I I can even say you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to do it. But I'm it doesn't feel to. core to who yeah. you are. And so you're not going to do it. Yeah. I think that comes with age too. I think we start to realize like a lot more once we get older. Like yeah. we just don't care what other people think anymore because we realize like life is way too short. Like we've had to deal with a lot of adversity and resilience as we get older, especially. And then we start realizing like, why do I care? Yeah, I think the only thing that gets in the way, at least for me, and I feel like probably you guys resonate. I mean, you met your partner pretty young, but like, is the time thing for women. Because like, there is a part of me that's just like, I want to explore what I want to explore and see how this goes and get back together with my ex and see if it, and if it's bad, it's fine. And if it's good, it's like, whatever. But the pressure of, yeah. yeah. And then it's like, well, you are 31. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's what freezing your eggs is for. But like, there is a level of that, but I do think we should all be led by, as my yeah. sister says, follow your heart, not your therapist. Totally. So like, it's true. Well, I think it it's, you know, I think I don't want to have a baby so bad that I want to have it with the wrong person yes, at 29. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'd yeah. rather, I'd wait, I'd rather wait for the right person and then yeah. have a baby. And, you know, if it's a little bit harder to have the baby, then, you know, we'll deal with that. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? But, but I still obviously yeah, I don't just want like a family so badly that I want to like compromise yeah. starting it with the person 
that yeah. you think is the right person. <laughs> I actually sometimes you still sometimes it still yeah, doesn't end up being the right still, person. Or there's challenges to <laughs> or get there. Or there's challenges and people change and whatever. And you have to but, have patience. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna wrap up. I have okay. one last question, then we'll do what's the point. Okay. Or not question, but one thing I will say. Mm-hmm. So we always like get into fallacies. Mm-hmm. If you have any fallacies that you want to clear the air on here, this is the place to do it. (laughs) One thing I will say, though, is I think an assumption that, like, I would definitely make about you if I wasn't so close to you. And because I feel this way, it's like you have you can have any guy you want. Mm. Yet what I think is so funny is like that's almost what makes it difficult. (laughs) I think that. Yes, I think that. Because your um, standards are different and it's an interesting thing. Totally. I think that my standards are really high. I think that I am a very, as I've said, while I'm not perfect and like, you know, have aspects that are, you know, I'm sure difficult for some people to get along with, whatever. I do think that sometimes I've found that I've gotten like put in this sort of untouchable zone for like being too put together right. <laughs> or something. Right. Well, men are easily intimidated, I will say. And so I'm like, wait, why is that? Why am I the one left by myself for like being too cool? Right. No, it's like you're too like, I get it. Because like I think men also are easily intimidated. They're very insecure. Like my new thing is like we need to help men. Men need help. We've talked about this. We've talked about it. Men need help. Like that's that's what I'm riding right now. And I do think that that's like, it's so easy to make assumptions about anyone, right? You can look at Kim K and be like, well, she is, you know, but I'm sure she's also like, well, who the hell am I going to date? Sure. You know, right. And like, I think it's a really interesting thing and it's a really good fallacy to debunk because it's like, at the end of the day, we're still dealing with all the same everyday stuff. Oh my God. All the same stuff. Like, yeah. We're all doing the human experience. We're all human. And it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. If you're working with, Sean Penn and Denzel Washington at six years old or not. Like no. you're dealing with the same shit. And dealing I think with the same. Yeah. Dealing with the same shit and doing doing my best. <laughs> Any last fallacies you want to debunk? Um before we get to our last question. I don't know. Do you think there are any other ones? A lot of people say like things like, you know, glorifying being busy or like being productive all the time. Oh, right. Things yeah, I like don't do that. that. Yeah. No. So like those are important fallacies. I'm like, sorry. No, but I said something to someone that they asked me if I had read this book and I was like, no, I have a life. I have shows to watch. Was it attached? <laughs> well, I think you me, are attached. So. And I was like, no, I have a life. I have shows to watch and like baths to take and like. Yeah. <laughs> that's good that do. you're not like subscribing to this idea of like, I think that's what I definitely no, did for I a long no time. No, I have no problem being like, Today, I'm not leaving the house. I'm going to sit on the couch and relax and, you know. If I may, um, I think that is because you've amassed success, like commercial success early. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have no listen, I'm extremely no- fortunate to not have to like, have to go yeah, literally well, you bust also, my ass every day. Like, course, you know, that's but a also you, privileged position. But you also position. were busting your ass very young. I've, but, so. I, but I feel like I have busted my ass. And, really? I, and but also being an actor, you have periods of really intense work and then you have downtime where you yeah. don't, aren't doing anything. And that's also hard. Yeah. I, I think people don't realize how hard that is. Oh, yeah. You know, you're working for three months every day, waking up at 4 a.m. and working 15 hour days. And then you come home and it's like, you don't have that regular nine to five. So then you're just like- 
I can imagine a that's Monday also is when a like, Wednesday is a Sunday, you know, right. for periods. Totally. And, I <laughs> and can so Im- that can feel weird sometimes too. Yeah. And I can imagine that's also probably where I would at least feel like it's like, oh, like I would love to have a family and like a person to come home. And to. I think that's why I've started to feel like in those periods of downtime, I'm like, wait, I got to have something to do. You yeah. Know? And like totally having the production company fills up some time, obviously, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely looking for a little bit more in those periods of off. Some time. ADR man is going to scoop off your feet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Our last question is always, what's the point? What's the point? What's your point? What's, what's your, your point? Why? And that's obviously subject to change. This is not cemented. Yeah. Oh, you won't hold me to it over. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause it's like so vague. Yeah. But. Um, I think that the point is fostering relationships, loving people, being loved, seeing people, being seen for who you really are and not the facade that other people think you are. When my grandfather passed away a year and a half ago and like being in the room as he passed away with his two daughters, one of them being my mom and my grandmother and like in a bigger way, all that matters is you can't take anything with you. (laughs) Nothing, you know, you're nothing you have done. Like it just all falls away. And all that matters is like being loved by people and having people that care about you. And that really like put a lot into perspective. And I was like, really all that matters is fostering our relationships with our family and friends and loving people. That's really, I think, my point. Yeah, that's so nice. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank we are you. so honored that you came oh, on. I'm so the happy pod. to do this. This is this the is best. It's, it's so special. This thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.